It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The NBA draft lottery behind us, the picks in focus. It's time to start separating the wheat from the chafe or wheat from the chafe, or whatever it is, it's time to talk about our favorite draft topic. It's Wingspan Day. Let's talk about some combine measurements and how that changes how we view some of our prospects, or maybe not. We'll find out on today's Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. are indeed locked on magic. Today is May 18th, 2023. My name is Philip Ross from I'm the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, we're going to talk about draft combine measurements. It's time for our favorite draft word, wingspan day. I'm going to call this episode wingspan day. We're going to talk about wingspans. We're going to talk about heights. We're going to talk about standing reaches and max verts and how some of these might change our perception of players uh, as we begin our draft process. Some players that are moving up on draft boards, or at least change, at least making me give them a second look um, because of their measurements. We'll talk about that uh, and players who are moving down because of them coming up on today's episode. But before we do that, we want to thank you again for making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day. Remember. There's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. We're going to start today with this word of caution. Everything that comes out of the NBA Draft Combine is good information. It's not bad. It's just hard to decipher. How much does a height or a wingspan ultimately matter. Yes, there are physical tools that they are physical tools that are that are put on display, but it's how you use those tools that matter. Uh, and we'll talk about a few players that you know, we'll, we'll talk in the second segment a little bit more about players who may have tools that, that aren't going to use them or or can go can rise above the tools that they have. I would say when it comes to the draft combine don't get married to one stat. Don't disqualify a player because they don't have a, a certain characteristic that you like. But understand that it is all part of the context. It is still a piece of the pie. Just like 
when it comes to these interviews. Um, every NBA team sends a request to the NBA for players they'd like to interview. The NBA assigns these interviews out. They are not the be-all, end-all, and they're not even necessarily a statement of interest. So the big news coming out of the NBA Draft Combine for the Orlando Magic, at least on Wednesday, is that both Amen and Asar Thompson confirmed that they had a meeting with the Orlando Magic at the NBA Draft Combine. That means that they spoke to the Magic for, it's like 15, 20, 30-minute interviews. Likely a quick introduction, you know, start building that that profile, get, get a sense of these kids. I would suspect both the men and uh, Amen and Asar Thompson will be in Orlando for individual workouts, maybe together, maybe not. I don't know if they're they're traveling the circuit together, but I imagine they will both be in Orlando later on, or they will have future meetings with Orlando so the Magic can get a better sense of who these kids are. Because right now, all we really have, all we have is game tape, which I think game tape is the most important piece of information that you have. And now we have these draft combine measurements. Uh, on Monday and Tuesday, I think it was Monday, um, the NBA essentially did official measurements um, that are sent out to everyone in the league. There's no hiding them. If, if you're at the combine, you got measured. And now we have an official measurement and an official uh, accounting for your physical traits. And, and this is always the most awkward and silly part of the draft process. But now we know what you're working with, so to speak. Um, Amen and Asar Thompson were the most high-profile players to participate in this part of the Combine. And naturally, because they're twins, they are virtually the same. Both are six foot five and three-quarters of an inch without shoes. Both have a seven-foot wingspan. Their other measurements virtually the same. Asar has slightly wider hands at uh, 9.25 inches. Amen came in at eight and a half. Um, Asar has a standing reach of eight feet, eight, eight foot eight inches compared to Amen's eight foot point seven point five. So, not no huge difference. They're 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 identical twins. You expect them to be the same. They didn't participate. I haven't seen them participate in the shooting drills. Um, you know, again, they they didn't they didn't participate in the athletic drills. They got their measurements and they're doing their interviews and they're getting out of there. That's what they should do as, as players in the top five. The top three, Scoot Henderson, Brandon Miller, and obviously Victor Wimbanyama, did not participate in, in, in the draft combine measurements either. Um, I believe Brandon and Scoot are at the combine still, but I don't think they're they're they I don't think they elected to participate in anything. So what we're really talking about here is kind of picking through the weeds to to determine different to, to kind of split hairs on guys who aren't the top guys. The top guys are the top guys. They know they're the top guys. They know where they're going. So the question then becomes, how much do you value these stats? And and, and what changes because of them? Um, in some respects, not much should. You, you should you're, you're judging them on the player, not on their measurables. But at the same time, you're, you're also trying to project forward. And, and guys with good measurables can project forward really well. And so I think it's important here to, 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 to take a step and think about the guys who did show out, whose measurables are, you know, maybe a little surprising or do hint that there's something more. And I got to start with two guys that I am particularly low on for the Magic, but their measurables, their measurable, measurables essentially mean that they had a good draft combine. So I'm going to start with Cam Whitmore. I've seen a lot of ma- I've seen a lot of mock drafts mock Cam Whitmore to Orlando. He is a great scorer. He is a bowling ball in, in, in the paint. Really physical player. 
great two, two-legged leaper, and, and that was on display at the draft combine. Cam Whitmore came in six foot five point seven five inches without shoes, six foot eight and a half inch wingspan. So a plus wingspan, although not by a ton. Um, you know, he's probably going to play the three, uh, three a little bit. Um, he's probably not quick enough, not quick laterally enough to play the two. Um, but his athleticism really stood out, and, and that's essentially what he's being drafted on. Whitmore posted the fourth best max vertical leap, and the max vertical leap is you get like a running start and then you jump off of two two legs to, to one of those like little jumpy things um, with the little levers that you have to have to knock. Um, a 40 and a half inch vertical leap, really, really impressive. And, and this is a kid who is a really good athlete. Um, the question with him is about his shooting, in my mind. Um, he is a capable three-point shooter. Um, you look at his tape, he can make shots. He can hit shots off the dribble. He's got some nice sidestep moves. He shot 77% from the foul line. And that scares me because that's that's a good sign. That's not a good sign, but you watch his tape and you can see and believe that he can be a good three-point shooter. And he is such a sneaky athlete. He is big. He is built well. Um, let me check his weight. Let me get his official weight here real fast while I'm thinking about it. Give me a sec. Uh, let me look. I've got it. I've got the whole sheet up here. Um, Cam Whitmore came in at six foot five point seven five inches. Like I said, two hundred thirty-five pounds. Um, there are not there are players bigger than him that do not weigh as much as he is uh, as he does. Um, you know, uh, Asar Thompson is the same height at two hundred eighteen point two pounds. So this is a guy who's physically built well. He can take a pounding. He can dish out that pounding. Uh, a lot of people suspect that he can be a good defender. The question is about his three-point shooting consistency. And the question is a little bit about his athleticism as far as jumping off of one leg. He's a great two-legged jumper. Um, but one leg on the run, a little bit more of a question. But again, you you can see that athleticism. You can see that power in the numbers from his draft combine. And so I think you do have to... I, I, I'm not particularly high on Cam Whitmore. I will admit that. I'll watch some more tape on him. Maybe I'll come around. But... These combine numbers certainly make you think like, okay, there, there, might, there, is, there is clay to work with here. There's something we can work with here. Um, even if it's just raw talent, even if it's raw potential, you can mold this into something. And, and, and that, of course, is part of the thought process and part of what this team is, is thinking about, what every team is going to be thinking about as they get to the draft. The other player that I think really helped himself a lot during the combine is Jarris Walker. I have not been super high on Jairus Walker for the Magic. I think he could be a really good player, solid defender at the college level, uh, great screener, great passer, great facilitator at the college level. Um, I, I think he would fit for a lot of teams. A lot of people are starting to compare him to Draymond Green. I think he fits with a lot of teams. I just don't think he fits with the Magic. But he had a really good combine. Came in at maybe a shorter than expected six foot, six and a half inches without shoes. But... Insert your jokes here. Seven foot, two and a half inch wingspan. So again, that's pretty good. But that's not where it stops. Walker had a 38 inch max vertical leap and a 34 and a half inch standing vertical leap, the leap the fourth best at the combine. Even his 10.89 second lane agility drill. It's a drill where you kind of like uh, you you run up the lane, uh, defensive slide across, back pedal run, defensive slide, backpedal, and, and and that's a drill that tells you something, I guess. Um, but that was one of the better times, especially for a big 
in in the draft combine uh, in the draft combine. So Walker checks a lot of boxes. Again, you think about wingspan, which is obviously you know we joke about it. Just go to the draft combine list, check who has the ho- has the longest wingspan. That's kind of your pool for the Magic's draft picks. Um, Jarris Walker has that. Uh, and we're not going to sit here and deny that. We're not going to sit here and say that he doesn't have that. He checks that box. Uh, and, and he checks the high basketball IQ box. He checks the defensive att- attention to detail box. Um, he checks a lot of boxes that, that you normally think that the Magic would like. And so while I don't think he is a great fit for the Magic, a good combine puts him in a position to be someone that they that they turn to or be someone that they at least give a, a good look. I, I definitely think the Magic will... Do their due, obviously the Magic will do their due diligence on everyone, but but certainly this is a player to keep an eye on or a player to at least do a little more homework on before we completely rule him out. Again, I I, I personally don't think his game fits what the Magic need. Um, I think that he would have a tough time finding minutes with their group of guys, and I I just don't think he would help. The, I think he would help a lot of teams. I think he'll be a good player. But I think that he doesn't help this this team succeed in the in, in the way that other players would. We'll talk about one more player who I think helped himself a little bit at the draft combine that certainly the Magic will target, as well as a couple of players who hurt themselves. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our friends at eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need to you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with more than 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax. Make your moves They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. So let's dive back into, uh, into some of these draft combine numbers. Again, take... Take them for whatever they're worth. Um, you know, we 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 joke about the wingspan thing here with the Magic. Um, it is a known trait that Orlando likes versatile, multi-positional wings with plus wingspans. Um, but it is important to note that that can lead you into traps. 
Um, you know, Tyler Hero came to Orlando. We said, oh, the Magic needs shooting Tyler Hero would fit, and we almost completely eliminated him and, and docked him some picks. I know I docked him in my mock draft because he had a negative wingspan. His wingspan was shorter than his height. And that was almost immediately like cross him off the list, even though the Magic needed the shooting. Obviously, Tyler Hero turned into a pretty darn good player. Um, you know, there's certainly some other questions about culture fit and personality, uh, whether that's something the Magic wanted or would want to deal with. But Hero has stepped up in big moments for that Miami Heat team. They're certainly glad to have him. You know, again, the Heat won on one game one, but they're certainly a much more da- uh, at they're, still, they're a dangerous team now, but they're a much more dangerous team if they have Tyler Hero uh, in these playoffs. So for the Magic, then. One other player I want to note uh, who, who probably helped himself a little bit. So again, take all this with grain of salt. Take all this for what it's worth. It, it's it's clay to be molded. It's not. You should not cross anyone off because of their wingspan. I'll put it that way. You can certainly boost someone because okay, they have the physical tools to be good, but it's still about how they put it together. I'm gonna get to a player that really exemplifies that here in a minute. I just want to mention one more guy who helped himself during the NBA draft combine, and that's Arkansas guard Anthony Black. Anthony Black, if Jarris Walker had the best showing among forwards, Anthony Black probably had the best showing among guards. Um, and so we're going to bump him up our big board a little bit for that. He measured at 6 foot 5.75 inches without shoes with a 6 foot 7.5 wingspan. Not the greatest plus wingspan, but his athleticism showed in the agility drills. Posted a 32 inch standing vertical leap, which is 13th overall, and a 39 inch max vertical leap, which is 6th overall. So Anthony Black. Great defender. Great defender at the college level. Really smart play, playmaker. I think he's listed at... Uh, what is he listed at? I, I, I don't know why. Six, six foot five, six foot six. He's listed at six foot seven. He's got point guard skills. So he's a smart... And he's a smart player. I mean, he's not, not a dumb player. His jumper needs a lot of work. And, and that's why we've docked him a little bit in some of our early big boards. But he is someone that defends, has the athleticism to defend, has the athleticism to play above the rim a little bit. That's all. That's all really good. That I mean, and that shows on the tape. You know, you watch the tape, you can see that this this kid is an athlete, um, and, and he gets. You know, he makes a lot of ground, makes up for a lot of his flaws because of that athleticism. Um, whether that translates to the NBA floor, I don't know. I've seen a lot of mock drafts put Anthony uh, have the Magic draft Anthony Black. Uh, if they're not drafting Cam Whitmore at six, they're usually drafting Anthony Black. Um, personally, I, I don't think the Magic go in either direction. I certainly think Whitmore. Is more likely than black. Um, I think shooting is such a premium that that that's. I, I think I think those numbers matter. But I, I have seen a lot of people mock black to the magic, and so again, a good showing at the combine. He has the athleticism traits. Not the longest player in the world, but a guy that I think has had a really good combine um, as far as what we're measuring, uh, and, and that's at least a start. Um, that's at least a place to start, and and we'll see how. Things develop from there. So, what about players that didn't help themselves at at, at the uh, at the combine? Um, you know, I think uh, beyond Anthony Black, Kaysen Wallace of Kentucky probably helped himself a little bit. Six foot two and a half uh, without shoes, six foot eight and a half wingspan, so plus six inch wingspan is pretty good. But Kaysen Wallace didn't really show his athleticism. Only a twenty eight inch standing vertical leap. That's the third worst among guard guards. Thirty six inch max vertical leap. Uh, so. Um, not the greatest, uh, you know, again, with the running start, he seemed to be fine. Just jumping up and down, not so great. So 
that's kind of the deal with with Case and Wallace. Um, great defender. I, I don't think that's necessarily going to go away. Um, the other player to look out for, uh, Jalen Hood Scafino. I think had a uh, Jalen Hood Scafino, another plus six wingspan. He's kind of a do it all, a little bit of an older player. Um, don't discount the older players though. Uh, but players who struggle, who did not have the greatest uh, com- the the greatest combine. Um, and there are a few that I want to mention. The first one I want to mention is Ryan Rupert. Um, he's from France, played in played in for the New Zealand Breakers last year. The longest player in the draft, six foot six without shoes, seven foot two wingspan. That is, you know, a plus six wingspan that gets you over seven foot. That just feels like the stereotypical magic draft pick. However, Rupert really did not measure well athletically. 27.5 inch standing vertical leap was the ninth worst at the combine. 32, and, and the guys that are a lot of the guys that are beneath him are kind of centers like Zach Eady. Zach Eady had the longest wingspan at the draft. He measured at like 7'2 with a 7'10 wingspan. Um, Zach Eady is expected to be a second round pick. Um, a lot of people just don't think he has the mobility to be uh, be an NBA player. Did certainly doesn't have the vertical for it. Um, I think he had, I think he had the worst uh, worst worst standing vert in the entire combine. Um, Rupert was not so far behind him. His 32 and a half inch max vertical leap also not super impressive. Rupert's a raw prospect anyway. He's is still trying to figure out how to use his length to his advantage. Um, you know, I definitely had him a little bit on my radar just based off his length. But length alone isn't going to win you games, and length alone isn't going to get you. The other guy that did not measure out particularly well, Kobe Bufkin. He measured fine at six foot four point two five inches without shoes and six foot seven point seven five wingspan, but his athleticism was only slightly better than Casein Wallace, and and Wallace was a, a significantly better defender at the college level than than Bufkin was. Uh, so. You have guys here who, you know, might measure okay, but aren't showing the other parts of their game that can fill in. Now, obviously, with a lot of these guys, how you play on the court matters. Um, it, it matters more how you play. It matters more what your game tape says. Uh, you know, if I were a scout, I would be weighing game tape and interviews uh, and interviews character above everything else. The swingspan stuff, this, you know, this other stuff, you know, the workout, the individual workouts, individual workouts aren't testing your basketball ability. They're testing your ability to be coached. They want to throw information at you. They want to throw some coaching at you and they want to see how you work. It's not about whether you make shots or miss shots in a workout. It's how you work and how you relate to people giving you feedback and, and telling you what to do and how quickly you get you gain concepts. It's like a, um, it's like doing a, a uh, a a kind of like test almost in, in, instead of anything. It's not even necessarily whether you make or miss baskets. It's how you take the test. Um, I would still weigh game tape very heavily. And, and I think the interview process, um, getting to know the player as a person is far more important. This combine stuff, these measurements, and I know I just spent 20 minutes or so talking about it, is the lowest priority. It matters, but it doesn't matter. Um, it, it matters because it, it tell again, it, it, it's a clay that you get to work with, but it's not the most important thing. And so like, look, Jairus Walker is a really good player. Having a plus swingspan, showing his athleticism, that's going to be, that's going to help and boost a player like him. Um, a, a player like 
Cam Whitmore, who I have some skepticism about. His athleticism measuring the way that it did makes me more likely to take him. Makes me makes me op- more open to the idea of taking him because I think he can play at that level. Uh, and I think that, you know that I think that is a big part of his game. That's what this is all about. That's what these these combine measurements are really about is putting these pieces together. We're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit about the playoffs uh, over the last few days, the start of the conference finals. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back to talking about the playoffs. You know, we're, we're, I've been trying to reserve this final segment of the show to keep us up to date with what's going on in the postseason. Um, because obviously, as a team trying to get in the postseason, a team that hopes to be in the postseason for several years in a row, um, these game, you know, these games tell us a little bit about what it's going to take to get there. Um, and we've gone heavy on the draft the last few days, the last few days as as we should. Um, that I want to get back into the playoffs a little bit and. You know, what we've seen over the last three days is, I think, the biggest lesson is that star power means so much more later in the postseason. Jason Tatum scoring 50, 51 points. Uh, the way Anthony Davis and LeBron James brought the Lakers back in the game. The way Nikola Jokic helped the Nuggets build the lead early on in that game. The way Jimmy Butler just completely trusts his teammates, but the way Jimmy Butler just completely dominates a game with for the Miami Heat and the way that Jason Tatum sometimes shrivels. I mean, the, the talk on Inside the NBA was really about how Tatum didn't get himself involved and, and you know, Shaq and Charles, you know, in the way that they do, talked a lot about, you know, Jason Tatum's got to demand the ball or, or Joe Mazzulla's got to draw a play up to get Tatum the ball or get Tatum a quality shot. And look, Boston, Boston went into a shell you know, I, I think Jalen Brown said after the game that they were too cool uh, in Game 1, which at this point, Boston, what are you doing being too cool? What are you doing thinking that this is a typical eight seed? You have a losing record at home in the playoffs, or you're a 5 one record at home in the playoffs. That's inexcusable. You ain't winning a championship that way. And it just... it Boston's really good, and and, they, and, and the TNT crew mentioned this as well. They, they've been able to out-talent a lot of teams. But man, that team is missing that killer instinct that you got to have to win a championship. Um, Miami has it. Uh, I don't know if they have enough talent to win this series. Um, you know, they obviously have enough talent to win a game in this series. But Miami, Miami plays every game like they want it. Boston is not playing that way, and Boston hasn't played that way all playoffs. You know, maybe Game Seven against Philadelphia, Tatum played that way, um, and and the rest of the team kind of followed his lead. But they. They are not playing like they want it, um, or, or that you know, or that they have to fight for it. Um, you look at that Denver LA series; both teams are fighting, and uh, you know, in Game One, fought tooth and nail. The Lakers had no business coming back in that game. They want it. 
Denver wants it, and it's going to be a war, and it's going to be a battle to, to win that series, and it's going to be a really fun and exciting series, obviously. Miami wants it, and unless Boston, and, and, and the thing about Miami is, Miami is so disciplined and so well coached. Shout out to Eric Spolster, one of the best coaches in, in NBA history. Um, that team is so well coached that if you make a mistake, they're going to take advantage of it. And like I've said this all year, just looking at Miami's stats and, and how Miami plays, Miami's only goal in a game is to make it close. Because if they make it close, they feel confident they're going to win. They won more clutch games than any team this year. They Their little strategy is we don't have the talent to go toe-to-toe with you. So we're going to force you into enough mistakes and we're going to punish you for every single one of those mistakes that the game is going to be close and Jimmy Butler is so good, he's going to win that game for us. We will take those odds that we will that we will win that game behind Jimmy Butler. And that's worked for them exceedingly well in the playoffs. I don't think they've lost a close game in the postseason. Maybe that maybe game four against the Knicks, or game five against the Knicks. Um they they are so good at that. Of turning law lo- of turning like losses into wins or turning close games into wins. You've got to be precise against them. And Boston is not precise. If there is a lesson with Boston, it is just because you have talent, just because you have playoff experience, just because you are a good team, doesn't mean you have enough. Doesn't mean that that alone is going to do it. There's got to be some desperation. They were des- They had some desperation in Game 6 in Philadelphia and Game 7 in Boston. And that got them into the conference finals. And then they, you know, they got up big, they got cool, and Miami punished them. And once Miami gets rolling, there's no stopping them. And that's that's something you just got to remember. Your stars have to show up, and they have to bring the right intensity. Um, we're seeing that in the West. We're seeing that from Butler. We don't always see it from Tatum and Brown. And, and that's that's kind of the Celtics' problem is, you know, the Celtics, the Celtics just, they can't get out of their own way. Um, it, it's really frustrating. I, I can't imagine being a Celtics fan. Uh, shout out to our friends at Locked On Celtics and John Corrales and our friend Keith Smith. I, I, I can't imagine how frustrating it is to watch that Celtics team because they can't get out of their own way. They should be the runaway favorites to win the championship right now. Denver, Denver's the favorite to win the championship right now, but Boston should be the runaway favorites. And they just keep making the same mistakes they made last year. The same mistake that gave Jimmy Butler a three-pointer to send the Miami to the finals in a game that Boston had no business losing in Game 7, even on the road. It's going to happen again if they're not careful. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Hit your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all of them by selling podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. For latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at o. Magic Daily. On tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic, if you are one of our everyday listeners, we truly appreciate you being an everyday listener if you are. If you're not, get ready for tomorrow's episode. We're going to go over the options for the Orlando Magic at 6 and 11, some of the early options. We've talked about these guys and generalities. We'll continue doing so for a little bit longer, uh, but we will chat about the Magic's, uh, Magic's targets at 6 and 11 with a little bit more detail. We'll get to that on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. We'll see you again next time for another episode.
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.